0: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio.
1: All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. All right, we've got to play Chris Matthews. Right? All right. Audio cut? Yeah, Please. Here he apologizes to Bernie Sanders for saying his win in Nevada, you know, he compared it to the, uh, (laughs) compared it to when the Nazis took France. Right. Oh uh, this is just greatness. All right, here we I I wonder has he apologized for anything he said about Trump that was completely and totally untrue um, or over over the top?
2: I don't think so. No.
1: No, here, here he is. Though.
2: See polls showing a very tight race between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders down in South Carolina. Much more on that in a moment. Before getting into tonight's news, I want to say something quite important and personal. As I watched the one-sided results of Saturday's Democratic caucus in Nevada, I reached for an historical analogy. ...and used a bad one. I was wrong to refer to an event from the last days, or actually the first days of World War II. Senator Sanders, I'm sorry for comparing anything from that tragic era in which so many suffered, especially the Jewish people, to an electoral result in which you were the well-deserved winner. This is going to be a hard-fought, heated campaign of ideas. In the days and weeks and months ahead, I will strive to do a better job myself of elevating the political discussion. <laughs> sure, well, you
3: will. <laughs> sure, you will. All right. So finally, <laughs> MSNBC, the C standing for communist, has come around. Carvel will no longer be a guest on any of the shows. Oh,
1: oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold it, hold it. Yeah. I do have a story on that somewhere here. All right. right? That MSNBC is looking for more pro Bernie analysis.
3: Well, are are they getting the same heat that Chris Matthews got? I mean, they, they. I mean, the the network, the whole network, they must be right. It is MSNBC. Here it is, uh, according to Vanity
1: Fair's Joe Pompeo, and confirmed by a source. This is from CNN. A source. There's a serious schism between MSNBC and the Sanders campaign, and NBC is making uh, MSNBC is making a move to address it. The race has changed over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to reflect that and make adjustments, an anonymous network source uh, told Pompeo. One easy way to do that is to seek out more smart, pro-Sanders voices from people who can make our coverage more insightful. (laughs) Apparently, they're sick of... Chris Matthews, James Carville, and Chuck Todd. One way to do it
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: (laughs) is to seek out more smart. That's going to be tough. Yeah, more smart pro Sanders voices from people who can make our coverage more insightful. The executive added, "Their campaign, like any other, is do fair coverage, not fawning coverage." (laughs) What a joke! Give me a break! Well, they were getting blowback from their viewership. Of course, that's what was happening. We knew that. We were like, "How long is this going to go on?" You know, I, here's here's my thing: Is Chris Matthews still going to? Because some of the other analogies he's he's uh, he's made about about getting that people like him mm-hmm. uh, would be shot, and this is in reference to. Uh, Sanders talking about, you know, Cuba
4: mm-hmm.
1: and saying that people like him, you know, uh, how, what kind of a socialist is he? How far would he go? I don't know. And Chris Matthews said, I don't know. But that kind of socialism was taken to a particular point would get me shot in Central Park. Remember that right, yeah, comment a couple right. of weeks ago? Yeah,
3: yeah. And that was all on Cuba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, you can't because you can't win. Far left is going to is going to call you out. Um, you know, Chris Matthews, of course, is going to keep feeling the heat, even though he apologized. He's going to keep feeling the heat until he does what? You've got to march in the Bernie parade. <laughs> why does he do that, though? Mm, what? Why do you relate
1: something that is not a historical event to a historical event? I, I don't know. Why? Why would you, to begin with, say, okay? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders won in. Um, uh, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders uh, won in Nevada. That's uh, you know, that's like uh, the Cowboys beating the Bills in two Super Bowls. I mean, it's right, just one right. doesn't make any. No, just, exactly. it exactly. One yeah. doesn't compare to the
3: other. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, you, how many people remember what the MS and MSNBC stands for? Ooh, 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 ooh. Microsoft. Yes. It. it I mean, it. It doesn't any longer. But you think Bill Gates regrets that move because now at least two of the uh, while there are two billionaires still left on the stage, they're not doing very well. In the in the latest national poll, the two top people would love billionaires to not exist Mm-hmm. <laughs> on a channel that he helped create. Oh. Where did I see? I was reading it to
1: you, wasn't I? Mm hmm. Do I have it here somewhere about, uh, you know, Bernie before wanting 100 percent tax on millionaires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at one point he wanted in his career. Right. Yeah. He wanted 100 percent tax. I think that was the Wall Street Journal uh, thing that we talked about yesterday. yesterday. He wanted 100 percent tax on millionaires. So at
3: one time he was against millionaires. Right. But now he's a millionaire. (laughs) So he doesn't talk about millionaires anymore. It's about billionaires. And he's never going to be a billionaire, so he knows he can keep these safe. I why doesn't that come up? You once talked about a one hundred percent tax on, on millionaires. millionaires. You're a millionaire now. Do you still support that idea? No, of course I don't. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, would.
1: What are you, you, know, you going to say? You know, I would have challenged him. Mm-hmm. Um, on when he defended his three homes. And right. again, they all probably have three homes, so they can't do that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I would have said, "Excuse me, you talk like having three homes is somehow we, you're talking about having three homes while at the same time you're talking about people that are only making uh, minimum wage and can't survive, mm-hmm. and you're comparing billionaires and you've got three homes, right. and you're a public servant, right? And you're and, and you're talking like that's normal, right?" How do you get to have three homes? Look, he is the one, and and we've said this before, he is the one that in 2016 really was the one to me who perfected the narrative of promoting envy and jealousy. And it came from Occupy Wall Street. And he tapped right into it about young college students because he was all over the free college, which was really the one thing that came out of I think about that. The one thing that came out of Occupy Wall Street was free college. Yeah, right. How, how did that happen? <laughs> right, and and that's where they decided to blame the bank for what the colleges promised. Exactly. Figure out, follow the yeah, follow connect the dots there. So the college lied to us, and the college said that the college said that that if if I decided to to get into a uh, Polynesian dance uh, that uh, I I could pay off my five hundred thousand dollar student loan. I can't pay it off.
3: Polynesian dance, huh? I just I don't know why <laughs> that, just, that
1: just jumped into my. I have no idea where that. I have no idea where that came from. I got My I'm, PhD
3: <laughs> in Polynesian dance.
1: You know, I, maybe I should have said underwater basket weaving because that's that's what when we used to always <laughs> yeah, talk about right. when we were kids. Um, I got a degree in underwater basket weaving. Maybe that's a better one. Yeah. Uh and and so it's like, "What?" Yes, they told me that they could get that I could get a great job that if I went into their underwater basket weaving uh, a curriculum, I, that I could definitely get a job. I can't find a job in underwater basket weaving. Really? Well then, what bank lent you the money? They did. Well then, they should pay for your college education. No. The people that made the promise was the college. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It seemed like no liberal could ever figure out that analogy, that why is the bank responsible for a decision that you made where you feel deceived by this party? Mm -hmm. So a party not involved in the actual decision of what you did is somehow responsible. Right. Uh, But then what that became was, I'll never forget, do you remember the call we got that one night? Mm -hmm. Was it for a young woman who went to UCLA? Mm Mm-hmm. Who said she deserved free college, and she shouldn't have to work? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, during co- that all college should be free, and she bl- she was exactly what we were looking for, and she blamed the billionaires. Oh yeah, right. And so what he did was he and and the thing is about the millionaires and the billionaires. Uh, somebody wrote a piece on it yesterday, also that I, I can't remember where I read it. They're talking about the fact that Bernie doesn't even separate billionaires like bad billionaires or bad millionaires like hedge hedge fund.
5: Right, Uh right, right. You know, uh, managers.
1: Bad. Yeah, right. Because they, they, Bernie really doesn't separate them. They're all bad. Mm-hmm. They're all viewed as getting, getting their money somehow in an immoral way. Right. That if you got to that point where well, you should have paid people that worked for you better than you paid them, doesn't matter if you paid them very well or you paid them what the market rate was. If you became a billionaire and didn't share it, well, then the government should force you to share it.
3: It's immoral to have that much money. It's,
1: yep. It's immoral to make what you were making.
3: Well, and it relies, the, it relies on uh, people believing or him convincing people that there's a finite amount of wealth. And, al- and also that the list of wealthy is the same. It's the, it's the exact same people all the time. And it's not. You know famously wealthy people. But do you know all the wealthy people? Because, you know, Bernie used to go after, as you mentioned, millionaires. Well, eventually you get back to that point. Mm-hmm. Now, it's hard for him to do it because if he says 100% tax on millionaires, he's got to cough up a check. But the idea would be, well, if someone is making 200000 because they work four jobs, you're making twenty thousand because you're working part time. That's not fair.
1: It's not, and and it's not fair to the person working twenty hours a week a part time job. That, that's that's what I mean, right? Yeah. And it's unfair that you're working four jobs and making that money.
3: Yes, exactly. That if you say the facts, all the facts out loud, you sound like a moron. If you use the word "earn" instead of "have," right. You sound like a moron. You know, um, and by Mark, the way, Mark Cuban. And by the way, that that does get to the philosophy
1: also of communism, right? That no work is more important than another work. That everybody should be paid, right? You know, basically the same type of, of salary because no work to the state, all work is equal. Well, well that isn't true. No it's work not, is it, not equal. No,
3: it's not. I mean, you talk about the the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, started in his garage. That doesn't matter. I mean, for the longest time, Amazon was not making a dime. They weren't making profits. But yet, they still praise Elon Musk, and he's making his profits through government money. I know. <laughs> and they praise the guy. Mm-hmm. But Bezos is the biggest, so you've got you to gotta go out and you've got to attack him. Look, I, I know the guy's politics. There's, there's no doubt. I know how the guy thinks but he came up with a brilliant business strategy that's working like a charm, and we can't have that.
5: Eight six six ninety. 90 Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine pre- and post-trip tire inspections and pay special attention to inflation. Tires with too little air will wear prematurely and create more resistance, which can result in increased fuel consumption, a harsher ride, and ultimately lead to a blowout. Stop into a TA truck service facility to learn more about the benefits of tire balancing and to take their new counter-rack balancing beads for a spin.
3: This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, more solutions.
0: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
3: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley, eight six six ninety Red Eye. You and I were just going over an article uh in uh National Review, Jim Garrity, uh talking about uh Bernie's problem is in his three homes, it's his two standards. And he goes back to the millionaires versus billionaires, and now he's quit saying millionaires because he is a millionaire. You know, it, just in twenty sixteen he was in his speech talking about millionaires and billionaires yep. not paying mm-hmm. their fair share. And Garrity makes the point, although the overwhelming majority of them, of course, did pay what they were legally obligated to pay. And then he makes the point, too, about charities because you can make, you know, if you want to cross the point, cross-examine, if you will, and say, well, without millionaires and billionaires, look at all the money millionaires and billionaires give to charities. Then you go back to 1981 when he was newly elected mayor and he told the local United Way, I don't believe in charities. Mm -hmm. Well, why is that? Because you believe the government should control all of that wealth, all of of that capital. Mm -hmm. So the charities would be gone under Bernie. These questions have to come up on a debate stage. And if it doesn't happen tonight, the others. Oh, well, never mind. (laughs) They're not going to. Nobody's going to ask these questions. It will come up. You
1: you have to. It will come up in commercials. Well, I'll say that that's the one thing I noticed in the debate, the first thing I thought of. And if I did, the people that he has brainwashed into being victims of the oppressors mm-hmm. uh, that believe in envy and jealousy when he's talking about his three homes as if it's the standard thing that every American has. right? It's like, wait a minute. 99% of America does not have three homes. No. And and he was like, I've got the home in Vermont. I have the, my home here. Well, probably most members of Congress... Have an apartment,
3: yes. Remember, there was a rule that came up in the House that wanted them to quit sleeping in their office offices, yep. and yep. and I forget that was during the Paul Ryan when he was um, mm-hmm. Speaker of the House, and so they they came up with this rule: okay, quit living in your in your office. Basically, you are going to have to go get an apartment when you are in D.C. Um, but you know, he made all those excuses, and he talks about you know uh, Bloomberg having. All of this wealth. What about the wealth you have? Yeah. And when he said,
1: and then a summer camp, as if it was the most normal thing. And and a lot of people in Vermont have summer camps. So you're telling me most people in Vermont have three homes? Exactly.
3: My summer camp was a tent.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And mine was a pup tent. Right. Uh, The other story out there is in uh, that. uh, I wonder if this is going to blow up a little bit. Uh, from Elizabeth Warren to Bloomberg again. In audio of a closed-door event in June of 2016, Mike Bloomberg said his presidential campaign platform would be to, quote, defend the banks and joked about droning his personal enemies and called the progressive movement and Elizabeth Warren scary. And that's a quote. Yeah. Hmm. Scary.
3: That's from CNN. So hmm. wonder if she'll bring that one up. Yeah, I wonder. You know, it's... um there there has to be a calling out of bernie if you're buddha judge you're 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 right there in that position because you're not going to get the nomination you got to you got to point out what everybody else is thinking in that room it's not going to be just bloomberg <clears throat> you know i mean you got to bring it up that hey last election cycle you were talking about millionaires and billionaires not paying their fair share you're worth reportedly over $2 million. Are you paying your fair share? Yeah, you've got three homes. you got three and homes. And
1: you, you made it sound normal last time as if everybody has three homes. Well, yeah. He, now, it's exactly. got to be from somebody who doesn't have three homes on the stage.
3: Right, exactly.
1: I don't know if that's possible. Buttigieg probably does. He's a small-town mayor. I don't know what his finances are. So right. I'm assuming he doesn't have three homes. But in order to do that with the Democrat, where everything's based on envy and jealousy, Mm -hmm. you can't accuse somebody of having something that you have. Exactly.
4: Unless you're Bernie,
1: (laughs) I guess. Yes.
0: miss a moment. The podcast is always online and on your phone. RedEyeRadioShow.com and the RedEye Radio app. You betcha. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara
1: Eight six six ninety. RedEye okay, Dell Futures up about 63 right now. Uh, we're up a lot more earlier but uh, still not in negative territory. Uh, still showing an opening where the stock market uh, should be up tomorrow after the over 1,000 uh, point loss uh, yesterday. A little bit over uh, 3%. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes today. In other news, uh, in court documents yesterday, Nick Sammen says he intends to file defamation suits against CBS, ABC, The New York Times, uh, Gannett, and Winter Media, which is rolling stone within the next two weeks. This follows his settlement with CNN. Hmm. Wow. 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 (laughs)
3: Uh,
1: Was there any idea, was it ever leaked how
3: much he got from CNN? No. No. Wouldn't you love to know? I'm guessing there's an NDA on both. Wow.
1: Oh, that's going to come up in the debate. The NDAs? Yes.
3: Mm -hmm. Sure. Is Warren going to present him with the contract that she has come up with? Right now, backstage, Mayor Bloomberg, I have a contract ready for you to sign.
1: In other news here, I was reading this article in National Review from David Herzani, and I, I thought to myself, wow, this is how history is going to look at it. Sometimes you're in the middle of something and you don't realize it. And when somebody puts it down in a piece of paper, you say, Whoa. That's how history will look at this time that we're in right now. And as he writes the the article is headline Claims of Russian election meddling are still a scam. And listen to this, Eric. Mm. The destructive moral panic in America in, in American political life, this is the most excuse me, this might be the most destructive moral panic in American political life since the Red Scare. Then again, to be fair, those who prosecuted the post-war hunt for communists had the decency to uncover a handful of infiltrators. We've yet to meet a single American who's been brainwashed or had their vote snatched away by a Twitter bot, probably because no such person exists. Nevertheless, millions of America believe that a handful of terrible memes, the, I mean, the most amateurish and puerile efforts imaginable on social media were enough to overturn a presidential election in the most powerful nation on earth. Think about that. Hmm. You think about the Red Scare hmm. and everything that we went through and how we look at that in history. Sure. Will history look at this time as the exact same thing? Remember, the only evidence of any type of collusion. Now, the only the, the only thing is the difference would be if they found out later on that McCarthy was a communist. From the Red Scare. Right, right. From the blacklisting. Right. that That's what we're sort of dealing with. This is even, you, you think about the Red Scare, this could be considered bigger. Because what we found out are those people that were make, making the accusations against the president and the party that was making the accusation of the president being a traitor. That never came up in the Red squ- uh, the, the I almost said Red Square. <laughs> <Right>. Freudian slip. <laughs> in, in the Red Scare. Mm-hmm. They were going after Hollywood people and and things like that. This was an attempt to go after the president of the United States and delegitimize a presidential election. And think about it. To this date, and still last week, bringing it up again, there isn't one single American that the Mueller report found out. Now, remember, they didn't investigate the Hillary portion of it, but they didn't find one single person involved in any type of Russia collusion. And we're being told that because... The Russian bots, the, you know, working through pseudo-Russian intelligence agencies were able to put memes and posts on Facebook that that has changed the outcome of the election and our republic is doomed. That's what they're trying to tell us, yes, right? right, sure. That, think about right. when you put it in that perspective to the Red Scare. It it really holds up because even the Red Scare wasn't going after. They weren't going after the president of the United States. They weren't making an accusation. The opposition party that uh, that that it was you know uh, just maybe what your mindset was. This was right. that the president of the United States colluded with the Russians, committed treason, to hack an election.
3: Completely false. Completely false. And what did you have? You had the other side actually working with the Russians to get the information, the dossier. Exactly used and, and uh, they, to to help predicate a a warrant in the secret courts. My gosh, you write this thing down. I know. But when he just put it, when he when he put it that way, when
1: he wrote that the fear-mongering over the Russian election interference might be the most destructive moral panic in American political life since the Red Scare. Then again, to be fair, those who prosecuted the post-war hunt for communists had the decency to uncover a handful of infiltrators. We've yet to meet a single American who's been brainwashed or had their votes snatched away By a Russian Twitter bot. Mm. Perhaps because no such person exists. Nevertheless, millions of Americans believe that a handful of terrible memes, and I mean the most amateurish and puerile efforts imaginable on social media, were enough to overturn a presidential election in the most powerful nation on earth. Well, actually, as we said for a couple of years after, and I don't think there's been a poll on it for a while, but for a good almost a year and a half after the polls that were taken showed the majority of democrats polled thought the russians actually hacked into the election machines right that shows you the kind of paranoid world if you want to view, if you want to view this panic over even the red scare mm. i'd say this is bigger yeah i'd say and yep. we're not even done with it yet no because as we know the people who did collude with the russians was the DNC and the Hillary campaign funneling campaign money right through the law firm and Fusion GPS to a former British spy who says he got it from Russian operatives in the United States and inside the Kremlin? That were that now, as Fiona Hill said in her testimony, she believed that Christopher Steele was being played by the Russians. Mm-hmm. It was all. Russian propaganda to disrupt everything in the United States and it's exactly the result of it because the FBI, the Department of Justice under the Obama administration and the intelligence agencies used that to destroy the legitimacy of the 2016 election and used that Russian propaganda and disinformation to get a warrant that's why on the opposition campaign That's why when you look at it overall, when you look at the whole, even last week again, it was another example of the media and the Democrats pushing a narrative of Russian interference or presidential cooperation with the Russians in order... To cheat on the 2020 election with no evidence possible. And it's exactly what the Russians are trying to do. The Russians are trying to do. The the Democrats and the media are playing right into the Russians' hands. Are they not?
3: Of course they are. And who is who has been acting on, you know, against Russia in, in terms of his actions as president, uh, including sanctions? It would be Trump. And who is it that's been, if you want to talk about sympathizing with communists...
1: Uh, it would he, be it would burning. It would be the lead candidate for the Democrats. You couldn't write a story like this. Nobody would ever believe
3: it. Uh, yeah yeah. If you're if you're a movie exec, you're probably going to tell this person, "Get out of my office. This well, is stupid."
1: Well, you know something. When I when I talk to you know Democrats and I lay this out, they look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what are you talking about? I go. Well, those are the facts. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that. That's. Well, I, I can't explain why, except the fact that you are ignorant. But those are the fact you want. We wish to look them up with me. No, 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 because I know you were a talk show host. <laughs>
3: well, think about this. Did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how most people talk because um, <laughs> they're not professional talkers <laughs> like us. Um, you look at the story. Uh-huh. Look at the storyline of the man in the high, high castle. Right? That idea. If we had lost, right? The whole idea. If Hitler had won and it's you know it's this theory wow imagine right it it's it's intended to make you think if you if you dig this up 100 years from now you know historians will be on it but the average person and then tell them the story they'll say that's ridiculous that is ridiculous it didn't happen that way that's like the man in the high castle it didn't happen that way it didn't go down that way well actually it did it did it did. I mean, in American politics, obviously, the fall of Hitler was a great moment. It ended uh, mass suffering. But you look at the, the where the American political landscape is right now and tell me that if Bernie wins on November 3rd, that there won't be suffering. It won't be the Holocaust suffering. But there will be great suffering nonetheless. Because you can't get his agenda done without it.
1: No, he's not going to accomplish it. It's not going to happen. It, so, well, here's but the there, thing. But, because but, it, because there, it can't happen. Right. It can't. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. And there'd be enough, uh, I believe, in, the, in Congress to, exactly. to, to fight it. Exactly. You know, to stop it from happening. And there'd be enough outrage. You know, look, you can win in Virginia, but you can't pass. You can only go past a certain point. Before public opinion says sorry, you don't well, go because, any further.
3: Because the whole communist or socialist thing isn't about that. We've been saying all along for the American people, for most of them, it's about what? Gimmeism. Gimmeism. They realize they're not going to get it. They're going to. They're going to feel the burn.
1: Yep. <laughs> Seriously, the yes. burn.
0: Yes.
3: About the burn.
1: Of course. Red Eye.
0: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye.
1: Red Eye Radio. He is our and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. So we'll see where the stock market goes at the opening today, uh, and uh, the the downturn of a, over a thousand points yesterday due to just uncertainty over the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Really, there's no news on it. Uh, the president talking about the fact that you know they make sure that money is allocated for it. Uh, Democrats, Schumer was saying he's got no plan. Mm.
3: It's like, sure we do. Uh, you were mentioning before the break. We were talking about uh, what's going on with, um, you know, the the whole thing, the whole ridiculous. If you say it out loud, Russian collusion thing, deep state. According to the Washington Examiner and a couple of other sources, have said it too. Is like the concern over deep state is going to be like the number one issue at CPAC, which starts Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the liberal media, the activists. They'll tell you, well, that whole deep state conspiracy theory, <laughs> okay, you look at the witnesses during the impeachment hearings, you look at the um, the list of people, you know, Andrew McCabe, you know, he gets away with it, and and where did he go? What's his job? He's at CNN.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You, you look at, at, at Brennan. I mean, come on, you if you say it out loud the president has no enemies inside the intelligence community inside the department of justice it's laughable it's laughable and you know that kind of that kind of power that that kind of manipulation and abuse of power is the beginning of the end of a nation if it is not right. by taken the bureaucrats care of. yes
1: by unelected representatives exactly who are not accountable to the people. Right. Who believe that they get to run things. Yes. Or they have more power and authority than they actually have.
3: And most of them don't go through the nomina- nomination process.
1: No. We don't even know their names. Well, we'll see. I mean, if uh, Lindsey Graham's going to start it. If there's 21 people that he wishes to talk to based on Russia collusion and where right. it happened, right. then we're, we're starting down that path to find out who was involved in all of this, what happened. And you and I said from the very beginning, we said this back in early 2017, all we want is the truth.
3: I mean, think about it. Again, saying it out loud, the whole Russian collusion thing and how it went down and the fact that now they're already pre-Russia collusion part two, they already they already have that going right now. Yep. And you have a guy who is a communist, a communist, that is right now leading for the other party, and they're pointing at Trump saying he's working for the Russians. Unbelievable. It's bizarre.
0: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across
1: America and around the world, 866 red Eye. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley. Welcome and good morning, RedEyeRadioShow.com. We stream live or get our app, put it on your phone, listen whenever you wish to listen. In the news today, well, CNN had a town hall meeting last night and everybody liked the gimmeism from Bernie Sanders.
2: Is raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour a radical idea? No! Is making sure that all of our kids have the opportunity to get a higher education? Regardless of their income because we're gonna make public colleges and universities tuition free is not a radical idea. No.
1: This is a scientific pool, poll. You hearing this? So we found mm. out that people like free stuff. Mm. 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 We've yeah. been telling that for the longest time. So that's all he's gonna do? Yeah. 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 Just that's it. Just uh free. Yeah, that's it. Just free college right. and fifteen dollar and everything stays the same.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing could change. Uh, the green, you, uh, you know, with uh, the, the all the jobs created, uh, 20 million new jobs will be created through his program. And then because of that taxpayer uh, taxpayer base growing, that'll pay for all of his stuff.
1: Well, that's what happened after <coughs> criticism. The fact of, you know, being on 60 Minutes and saying, you know, how are you going to pay for it? And he didn't know. Well, then, of course, they had to come up with a quick position paper as to how to uh, <laughs> pay for it. Uh, he released it on his uh, his uh, uh, website. Uh, again, what they're going to do is they're going to get a ton of the money from the rich. You ready for this? All right. Uh, okay. Sanders' uh, document asserts that a modest tax on Wall Street speculation will raise an additional $2.4 trillion yeah. over 10 years and in one fell swoop make all public colleges, universities, and trade school tuition free and cancel all student debt over the next decade. Uh Then housing for everyone would cost $2.5 trillion over 10 years. Would be paid for, again, entirely by a wealth tax on the top one-tenth of 1%, raising a total of $4.35 trillion, according to Sanders' fact sheet. And the rich are just going to stay around for this to happen. Hmm. The universal child care and preschool uh, for every family in America would be provided by another wealth tax on top On the top 0.1%, raising more than $4 trillion.
3: Yeah, right. Okay. Uh,
1: Sanders' plan does not discuss this from Fox News, the possible stock market ramifications of a major seizure of some of this wealth, much of what is held in markets and other investments. The plan also did not discuss how the government would be able to reliably obtain the money, given that many investments could easily be liquidated or transferred elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) A new income equality tax on large corporations that pay CEOs at least 50 times more than the average worker would take care of $81 billion in past due medical debts, oh. Sanders claimed. And finally, the big one, Sanders projects, also without stating or providing details, <laughs> that his Green New Deal plan mm-hmm. would create... 20 million new jobs, thus ensuring 2.5, or excuse me, 2.3 trillion in new income tax revenue a year. So there you go.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Or over 10 years, I guess. Yeah. Would be. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm sorry, over 10 years. Yeah. So, so, no, yeah. None of that adds and, up. And by I mean, the way, with the Green New Deal, nobody loses their job.
3: right
4: yes oh no well well
3: with um you know with the equal pay thing uh you know limiting pay on ceos all right these companies will just run themselves
1: you're you're seriously I'm, i'm sorry but in in the real world this is childish yeah it really is this well, is this you're dealing with the again, we've talked about this before with the far left and especially if you're a socialist slash communist. And we went through that earlier uh, in the day and said, look, he's not running mm-hmm. as a communist. He's running as a social Democrat. But if you go through his life, Bernie Sanders mindset is that of a communist. Yeah. And and we have brought you over the last two days uh, a, a, a dozens of examples of what he has said and what he has uh, supported. And look, even uh, at the town hall meeting last night, uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, was asked about, you know, Trump and his dictatorial communist sympathies, mm-hmm. the sympathies for communist dictators that he has had. Here's Buttigieg on that. This, remember, is the Democrat town hall meeting.
4: Uh, Mayor, I have to ask you about this? Senator Sanders has been criticized for remarks
3: that he made uh, praising a literacy program during Fidel Castro's regime in Cuba. Uh, He stood by those comments last hour. Here's what he said. He said, you know what? I think teaching people to read and write is a good thing. Do you think that's a fair assessment?
2: So this is part of what I'm getting at when I say that in our one shot to defeat Donald Trump, we should think carefully about the consequences of nominating Senator Sanders. I don't want, as a Democrat, I don't want to be explaining why our nominee is encouraging people to look on the bright side of the Castro regime when we're going into the election of our lives. We need to stand unequivocally against dictatorships everywhere in the world. There
1: you go. And you heard the, the, uh, the clapping, which is going to be a problem, I think, for, uh, for Sanders tonight. I'd be surprised if they all didn't pound on him uh uh you know for that but when you when you take the totality of what we've just talked about with Sanders here it's all childish it really is i mean the the taxes that he is proposing here the trillions of dollars in taxes would never get through congress to begin with you're not going to have a green new deal where the government would basically take over and nationalize the automobile industry probably the steel industry the healthcare industry um, what am I leaving? Oh, the energy industry—that's yeah, not—that's right. not, not going to happen. You no. would need an authoritarian government in order to do that. We've said this from the very beginning. There's no other way to get there. There's no other way to get there except an authoritarian government uh, seizing property to do it. Because once you attempt to tell massive big business what they can sell and what they can't sell, and this is what the, this this plan would have to do. Sorry, you can't sell gasoline cars anymore. Everything you sell must be an electric vehicle once you do that the stockholders are gone. Yeah, and um, when, and and so what happens at that point it's nationalization. Right. This the the plan is it is it's you're dealing with children here. These are childlike minds that are talking to other childlike minds. I'm sorry, when it comes to critical thinking about how economies really run, you're dealing with childlike mentalities on both the politicians and the people receiving the information and clapping at CNN uh, town hall meetings that this is possible and a good thing to do. It's really, it's really beyond, it's, it's really amazing that in this day and age, you cannot say anymore that the access to information isn't there. The access to information is there for everybody to see all the time. It only takes... A split second for you to find out almost anything that you want to find out in politics and find out how things work. It only takes a split second on the computer to find out about communism and socialism. It doesn't take a long time to do this and look at the history of what has happened. It It doesn't take much to look at the history of the United States and say, okay, Bernie Sanders is basically proposing the fact that uh we're going to be raising uh, three or four trillion dollars more in taxes every year, and we can get it from the rich. To understand that if you tried to do that, it would be a complete and total disaster.
3: Yeah, it is. Um, the you you look at at every bit of his plan, because the the moment you start getting to this Medicare for all, the moment we you start having to wait in line, we're not going to get there. But the moment you because you're going to have to outlaw private sector, you're not going to do this whole um, um, public option thing because the public option must include the government controlling everything. They make all the rules and they also offer something over here. Well, see, that's not going to work. That's that's going to fail because what it's going to do is put people it's going to put pressure on the private sector. Healthcare system. It's going to regulate the private sector health care system to the point that they can't be profitable.
1: Well, the and and the problem is if you have a what other Democrats are proposing, a public health care plan and you can still keep private health care at that particular point, well then you're going to set up two separate systems. Yeah. There will be two separate systems and doctors are naturally going to go to the they're going to go to the place. Where in the private sector system, it's going to cost more money. I saw another survey. Well, yeah, Medicare for all will save money.
3: No, it won't.
1: Well, even if it would, it doesn't matter. You get there. If you save money, how do you get there? You get there by rationing the product. Well, you have. You you get there. That's the only way you you, can do it. That's what you get in a monopoly system like that. The other side would be a private sector system, which, again, prices probably would be higher than because it's free on one end. The other end, you got to actually pay for it in the private sector system. You'd set up a dual uh, health care system in this country, and people that could prov- provide private health care would get the better health care, which is why we've seen in other countries they try to destroy that and not let that happen because once the masses see that you can get better health care, they're not satisfied with the government and they want a response and you see what has happened in Canada you see what's happened in Great Britain well, sure you've seen how the money that they've thrown at it and still you can't get the quality that you that you wish to uh, you know that you wish well, to get we, we said this about private health care for a long time the Democrats try to make it seem like private health care has just gone up in price for no reason at all well and and that's and, not
3: true and and it, it'll be treated like the Obama administration treated you know the uh, the whole voucher program. Um, they'll because if everyone starts migrating away from the public option because they're getting better care from the doctors in the private sector, then the government has no option. What they'll tell you, people are suffering because that's happening and you can't do that. There can only be so many. They'll have to mm-hmm. they'll have to control it. They'll have to regulate it to death. And that's exactly what happens well, if you were to have and, some kind of public option, insane system,
1: and you'll get like what happened in in uh, Quebec a couple of uh, a couple of decades ago, where it was found that that they were actually violating the rights, the mm-hmm. right to life right. of Canadian citizens for now allowing them to have a another health care system to go to, but right. by limiting them, you were fi- violating their right to life. That was just that was an amazing case when uh, you know when that happened but as we've said before the re- one of the reasons is healthcare used to cover maybe 500 procedures 40 years ago 50 years ago mm-hmm. now i'm just using this as an example i don't know the exact number now it covers 50,000 mm-hmm. it's going to be more of a cost to it high tech costs keeping you alive a couple more years costs
3: well, uh, the innovation uh, is the greatest in the world. What right. we have here is the greatest in the world. Uh, it's why people come here for, including Canadians, come here for that healthcare.
1: You and I talked about this one time a long time ago. Why do we save?
3: So we can eat when we're old, and so we can take care of ourselves and go to the doctor right. when we're but, old.
2: But even
1: if the people that are people that save, why do you, you know? Why do you do it? You know, you, beyond beyond Social Security beyond even if you have a set amount that you take out why do people want that bundle healthcare yeah if i need it i well got the biggest
3: it. cost is going to be that right
1: yeah. right i mean even even if you've got it covered with your supplement it just you you keep it why for an emergency mm-hmm. and so what do you do you go without for a significant period of your life you don't buy the latest things you don't buy a new car every 3 years you decide you you sit there and you say to yourself healthcare is an extremely important part of the responsibility that I have to myself and my family. You don't simply sit there and say I can't do it the government must take care of it. Right. Somebody else must do it. What you must what you it's the realization of society that because we have all this technology that can keep me alive if I need to be kept alive, I need to do everything I possibly can to be healthy myself and I need to prepare for the future.
3: Well, this is what this is where we get to. This is this is how we get to 2020. And the Bernie surge is decades of telling children in schools that they shouldn't have to earn anything, that they earn it simply because they exist. They get it simply because they exist. There's no keeping score on the playground because that would hurt somebody, somebody's feelings. But really what, what it's about, the indoctrination that's gone on for ages, generations now, is to teach children that they don't need to earn something, that it will be there. Somebody will be there to give it to them. And when they become adults, they don't know how to earn it. Just like you earn a score on a playground, you earn a grade in a classroom. You have to earn it in life. They don't use the word earn. They won't say it tonight on the debate stage. They will say have. Eight six six ninety red eye
5: Growing so-called meat products from cells like cultures is a new technology exciting for some, threatening for others, but as companies work on the process... The primary focus
2: of of interest right now in the cell culture world seems to be product labeling.
5: Oh yes, putting Matthew Michael with the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service right in the middle of it. His group will play a big part in deciding what to call these new products, and there are scores of names that have been suggested. Some of them we can't say on the radio. Michael told USDA's Outlook Forum...
1: Just from these names, these proposed names from the public and the industry and consumer advocacy groups,
2: you can see that there are a lot of differing opinions about this product, and there's a lot of
1: interest in this product, and
2: and it's it's, it's something. Um,
5: It's something, all right. Five of the companies working on these products have formed an alliance to work with government on what to call these products, and Penn State University sociologist Dr. Rob Childs says obviously... There's a lot at stake with that, and I think all the different stakeholders recognize this. In Washington, Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
3: The USDA Report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL
0: Premium Highway
3: Diesel Fuel.
0: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. So we have a debate coming up uh, tonight. Yeah, in South Carolina, we'll take a look at some of the uh, polls coming up here following the bottom of the hour. You'll yeah,
3: it's interesting. The, the the polls are changing. You know, it's weird because we always talk about you know the 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 news cycle, the issues cycle moves so fast. You know, especially uh, with the Trump presidency. We always have the question: Okay, will we be talk? Will will anybody be talking about this on Friday?
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And and I think you can probably apply the pollsters, and and I know it's this way in every primary because somebody gets a bump after Elizabeth Warren. In fact, got the bump after her performance last week on the debate stage. Uh, Bloomberg got the anti bump. He got the drop um, because he did horribly. Uh, Well. But it's not just that. It's also the vetting process that starts to really shift things. But it's it, it's at a quicker pace. And I really do wonder if the pollsters are, are kind of scratching their heads wondering, man, do we need to be doing, uh, you know, do all of them need to be doing a, a, a three-day running poll, right? Um, just constantly taking mm-hmm. a poll because things change so drastically so quickly. I'm
1: really interested to see where this debate goes tonight. Whether the attack is on Sanders, whether they look at Bloomberg yeah. and say, "Okay, he's pretty much damaged himself." Throw a couple shots in there because, hey, you're the billionaire, right? You know? Yeah, you stay out of this. You're the billionaire. What Just happened? be dismissive, right? Hey, billion,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead exactly.
1: of okay, boomer, okay, billionaire,
3: yeah, okay, billionaire, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but you get you know Tom Steyer's back on the debate stage, so now Bernie's got two targets, but. Tom Steyer doesn't have the same arrogance. He has some arrogance, but not the same as Michael Bloomberg. We'll see how he does. Here is your forecast.
4: A storm system that's worked its way out of the West that had affected Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming is now dumping heavy amounts of snow in South Dakota, Nebraska, over through Iowa, southern Wisconsin, and northern Illinois. It won't stop snowing until late Wednesday night in Chicago. Now, there's a narrow band of icing also associated with this system. Earlier this morning, we saw heavier amounts of that hitting portions of Kansas and northern Missouri. However, as the morning progresses, we'll see that ice shift into central Illinois, northern Indiana, and Michigan south of that area into indiana ohio the lower ohio valley we're seeing all rain this morning in fact those showers extend up the i-95 corridor from florida where we could see heavy amounts of rain and thunderstorms today all the way on up through new york city for your tuesday morning there's a look at your national forecast from red eye radio i'm meteorologist john trout
0: They don't speak Boomer. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio.
1: And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety of red eye Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We do uh, appreciate it. I'm sitting here trying to find here somewhere. I've, I've just, uh, I was going through, uh, I saw Paul Krugman was talking about, uh, you know, complimenting uh, Bernie Sanders. Robert Reich was also yesterday and... Mm. Oh, he was complimenting him. Um, oh, just, you know, just nonsensical to consider costs of Bernie's and Elizabeth's Green New Deal, Medicare for all and public investments without comparing it to the huge cost of not tackling climate change, worsening health care and growing deficit in public investment. And he was throughout the day, you know, just complimenting Sanders across the board. And I'm thinking right. to myself, this is a guy, especially, for example, on Medicare, on Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. By the way, Medicare for all would not be Medicare for all under Robert Reich.
3: No, 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 no.
1: When was that, 2012 or
3: 2010? mm, It was was before 2012. Maybe it was before
1: that. Yeah, I think so. We remember when Robert Reich spoke to Berkeley. Yeah. And he said, if you're you're being honest, if you're running for president and being honest, what you would tell people is about health care, that young people have to pay a heck of a lot more. And old people, we're going to have to let you die. Yeah. So Medicare for all, under Robert Reich, in his own words, would not be Medicare for all because the expensive the expensive treatment needed to keep people alive at some point we would have to stop. In his own words, yes. And so I thought that was humorous yesterday. He knows how to cut, of course. It's unac- here is the the, the the debate I love. It's unacceptable that people file bankruptcy in order. To get great medical care and stay alive. It's better that they die.
3: Huh? Huh? I'm, I'm not computing that one. Well, that's but this is this is how they think. You young people are gonna have to pay more. There's a smattering of applause because it was mostly young people. And you old okay. people, we're not gonna, you know, keep you alive. We're gonna we're gonna let you go home so you can die. Yay! Yay! Because we're never going to grow old.
1: <laughs> Morons. I'm, I I don't know why, but I seem to be at this time in my life even more concerned than when we first started talking about that back, yeah. you know, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's, even, but, even though I don't believe I'm aging. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm
3: never going to get old. Woohoo! Old people are going to die. Yeah. So I,
1: but I, I had to bring that up because I saw, you know, Krugman and reich complimenting sanders left and right and when i saw robert reich i'm like excuse me you're the guy that said old people are gonna have to die under a health care plan that would be fine that the only way health care can exist without costing too much is to let old people die yes he said it of course (laughs) and now he's supposed to be the person we're supposed to be listening to about bernie sanders medicare for all shut up i'm sorry but I can say shut up to anybody who actually says in public that our health care system should let old people die. Yes. Right. That's not health care. That's health ignoring. Well, maybe that's the whole point. Mm. Maybe that's how they view it. Abortion yeah. is health care. Yeah, right. Yeah. So euthanasia <laughs> Exactly. Well, no, not even euthanasia, denial of health care to right. old people.
3: That's health uncare.
1: That's that that's also health care. Yes. It's not we well we didn't say good health care we said it's it's bad health care we, we admit it but it's health care yes of course you can't make this stuff up and uh, we had played earlier in the show the apology of Chris Matthews to oh, okay. the Bernie Sanders campaign All right. for comparing his win in Nevada <laughs> I, I just, to the to the Nazi defeat of France in in early World War Two uh. Meanwhile, this from uh, Vanity Fair, uh, Joe Pompeo confirmed uh, that there's uh, uh, a serious discussion going on at MSNBC. that And NBC is making moves to address uh, the Sanders campaign that's apparently furious uh, because the race has changed over the last couple of weeks. And MSNBC has decided we're going to reflect that and make adjustments. One easy way to do that is to seek out more smart, pro-Sanders voices from people who can make our coverage more insightful. What they're saying is they've got Chuck Todd on there who was comparing <laughs> the Bernie people <laughs> to brown shirts because he was making the analogy. Yep. He yep. didn't say it, but yep. he didn't disagree with the analogy. He was agreeing with the analogy. And Chris Matthews, we know what what uh, what he has been saying and James Carville, basically coming hot and saying this guy's this guy and his people are cults, they're communist, they're socialists to the point of I'd be afraid of getting shot in the street, that kind of socialism gets you to that, and so we, you and I were talking about it. we said the the suits at msNBC must be going, Oh man, the response they had to be getting from liberals had to be pure insanity well i mean
3: but where but where do you go I mean MSNBC has helped to create this. Oh, I know. You know. So yeah. uh, when you when your hosts start telling the truth, we don't know why they did it. You think there's somebody? You think there's something in the water there at MSNBC? Like, no, um, you know I, Chuck Todd and and
1: no, I, I Chris re- Matthews were re- drinking the same water. You and I had the same reaction, and a lot of other people did too on on the right saying, "Excuse me, we've been watching what you've been saying." We've been watching what's going on in our college campuses. Mm-hmm. You've been agreeing what's going on in our college campuses. You've been agreeing with the brainwash of liberalism and socialism. And now you're upset when your party is closer than they've ever been to nominating a socialist. Right. You're socialist. You all are. Yeah. You're just angry because the wrong socialist was you wanted somebody who was a little bit more subtle. Hmm. And when you realized he had a possibility of winning, and because the history of his socialist, communist mindset is so crystal clear and documented, you went, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to lose. You just want a socialist who doesn't
3: talk like a socialist. Exactly. That's the problem. You want socialism, but don't call it socialism. Call it caring. Like healthcare, when you send people home to die. <laughs> that, exactly.
1: Uh, this uh, from John Solomon. House Republicans have found evidence that Russia Special Counsel Robert Mueller's team may have misled the courts and Congress, and are considering making criminal referrals, asking the Justice Department to investigate those prosecutors. A key lawmaker says. Representative Devin Nunes of California, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Hmm. told Just the News, which is John Solomon, that his team has been scouring recent documents released by the FBI, including witness reports known as 302s, and found glaring evidence that contradicts the Mueller team, uh, contradicts claims the Mueller team made to the courts and Congress. Quote is from Devin Nunes. We're now going through these 302s and we're going to be making criminal referrals on the Mueller dossier team. The people that put this Mueller report together, Nunes said. That's a quote. With an interview with John Solomon, Nunes specifically reacted to a story in Just the News from John Solomon disclosing the FBI, that FBI interview memos of key figure George Papadopoulos hmm. show that he was helpful in trying to locate a witness named Joseph Massoud, but that Mueller's prosecutors portrayed Papadopoulos as trying to thwart or frustrate the investigation's effort to question Massoud. The new FBI memos provide our first evidence of the Mueller team lying to the court. That's a quote from Nunez. It's a lie, a total lie, end of quote, referring to the Mueller team's claim that Papadopoulos tried to hinder efforts to locate and question Mifsud. And, you know, that's one of the things we talked about yesterday that, you know, in the uh, FISA uh, warrants, two of them that have been found to be illegal. And we've questioned the other two and said, well, even the first two should be because the first one, that's where you know, the evidence that they presented to the court misled the court because they were trying to make the case that Carter Page was a Russian asset when actually he was a CIA asset. Right. And we said, we can't see how they can't view, if they view the first one illegal, then I don't know how the first, third, and
3: fourth could be illegal and the second would not be. Well, but then every action that, that, that followed, right? Because we asked the question during the uh, Mueller investigation while it was still going on. Look, uh, what if he doesn't go all the way back to the FISA court thing to the, you know, whether or not those warrants uh, were uh, properly predicated? If he doesn't go back to the beginning, there really is no case if he were to bring a case. And he didn't go back to the beginning. And we have our suspicions as to why not. But it doesn't matter. He didn't. Mueller did. not yes, Mueller did. not right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so during that investigation we asked okay uh well then what what does it mean why if it's if you're not going to go back to, from the very beginning and say where did all of this begin right then you've got nothing it do, it doesn't matter what you show but but beyond that he had prosecutorial power he acted on that and you look at, at some of the items uh that were that that came down from the Mueller team and you have to ask yourself if, if he didn't go all the way back, if, if things weren't properly predicated, then everything else that follows, most of those items, yeah, are are suspect. Well, we've questioned it. I don't. Uh,
1: maybe maybe they have questioned it. I know nobody did for the longest time because you and I were from the Russia collusion to begin with, even before the Mueller report came out. We were talking about this, I don't know, months, and maybe years, could be over a year, where we were saying if the Mueller report doesn't go back, and we basically put it this way, if you're Mueller and you get the job to look and see if the Trump campaign colluded with the Russians to hack the election or change the outcome of the election, and you're serious about it, first day in the job, where do you go? You go to the FISA warrants, Mm -hmm. because that has to be the best evidence the FISA, because they were able to get a FISA warrant to to spy on the Trump campaign. Well, the best evidence has to be right there. Mueller never went there. Why not? Right. You can't make the case that it wasn't. And we said when the Mueller report comes out, we will know it's a political sham if they never went down that avenue. They never went down that avenue. We have had nobody ever disagree with us on that
3: because you can't. Well, think about uh, if you're investigating something like a murder. Was there premeditation? right well you can only do that by doing an investigation thoroughly going all the way back to the very beginning yeah. the very genesis of it all and he didn't do that
1: well the genesis of it all is where the best exactly. information yes. if you're compl- if you don't know it's if you're ha- you know now he doesn't know that the dossier was not legit mm-hmm. that's the whole point you would then go down and go well this wasn't legit what happened and then you'd start going down those paths right but the fact is at day one you don't know what the evidence what good evidence is or not right and you go well they got a warrant over there that must have been evidence there what's the evidence they got to get that warrant that's got to be pretty good stuff and lead us in a direction because they were getting evidence because they believed they needed a warrant to see if the trump campaign was colluding with the russians yeah they got a secret warrant it's right. got to be pretty damn good evidence right. does it not right extremely rare yeah <laughs> <laughs> right it's extremely rare these faisal
3: warrants. yes oh comey's testimony remember that yes Eight six six ninety red eye freightliner team run smart pro henry albert has achieved some very impressive fuel mileage numbers henry shares the specs on his truck and his trailer, starting with what's under the hood. I'm
2: in a 2018 Cascadia X. It's powered by the integrated drivetrain Detroit Series 60 DD15, 400 horsepower, 1,750 foot-pounds of torque at 975 RPM, and that's fed into the Detroit DT12 direct drive transmission with a final axle ratio of 2.16 with active lube management riding on Michelin X1 tires. Owing a fully aerodynamic trailer. The trailer is equipped with a nose cone. It's also equipped with full-length skirts from fleet engineers that go completely over the landing gear, completely over the trailer tandem, all the way to the rear bumper. The rain gutter has been plated over and it's running a coat trailer tail. My main run, which is from Charlotte to Laredo, and I'm usually 60 to 65 thousand pounds, I was averaging over 10 miles of the gallon. It was up to 10.1.
3: To learn more about Henry's Fuel mileage achievements go to TeamrunsMart.com. This report is the service of Shell Rotella.
0: Lines open for your calls. 866-90 Redeye on Red Eye Radio.
1: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric and I'm Gary McNamara. I sent you that poll yesterday, the New York Democratic presidential primary poll. Yeah. You and I were wondering about, because there wasn't a poll that was taken for New York since November. Right. And we were wondering, hmm, wonder if Bloomberg is winning there. He's not. He's not. There's a poll that was taken the 16th to the 20th. Sanders 25, Bloomberg 21, the next Biden 13, Warren 11. We'll see if that holds.
3: The debate tonight will have plenty of audio.